BDSM and non-standard relationships. Star exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as, as simply, simply fun, fun kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcast.com. This week on Erotic Awakening, dealing with having children, canes, and gator part two. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Ohio Smart. Don't miss Kinko de Mayo, Ohio Smart's annual weekend event in Cleveland on May 1st and 2nd. KDM 2015 will be an experience unlike any other. More info online at kinkodemayo.com. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dan. Hi, hi Dan. Question for you. I said kinkodemayo.com. Yes. Was it really .org? The info. So so here's the dealio on that. Hey. Okay. Hi, Don. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Would you like to go to Kinko de Mayo for free? I would. I'm, I'm getting to your question. Okay. If you would like to go to Kinko de Mayo for free in Cleveland, Ohio, all you have to do... Is before four one go to kinkodemayo.com. Oh. Email the name of a KDM presenter that you are looking forward to seeing to info at OhioSmart Ohio Smart dot org. Got See, it. there's the com org thing. And okay, winners gotta be good. selected by random before four one. If you've never been to Kinko de Mayo and you've always wanted to go for free, go for free. Yeah, just put in your your presenter choice, and that's a good idea. I'm glad you clarified that. So, well. yay! <laughs> uh, so, thank you for Kiko Demaya for giving us those a the free ticket for mm-hmm. our listeners. Uh, we have some other free stuff coming up for our listeners as well. More Ooh. will be revealed about that in future shows, though. Yay, free stuff. Absolutely. Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about the canes that we got from KJ Canes that I mm-hmm. actually used on your ass and other bitties uh, not too long ago. We are going to actually talk about how one becomes a cane vendor with the, uh, the K in that KJ Canes, and we'll nice. talk about that later in the show. Uh, we also have to mention, though, recently... We went to the city of Dallas. We did. And we had uh, food with um, a variety of people at a restaurant called Gators. We did. So we have some shout-outs there that we finally got around to. Woo-hoo. And also, we are often asked, how do you deal with the fact that, of having children if you're in a power exchange or a kink mm-hmm. relationship? Yep. How, do you, um, how do you manage that? How do you keep them out of your toy bag? How do you explain when you're leaving the house with 400 pounds of stuff <laughs> to go to lift. a party? Yes. <laughs> We actually get asked that question a lot as soon as I mentioned that, you know, we had we had kids at home. So but um, so we will answer that one. And of course, we got our couple of uh, normal things that we like to go over. So, yay. So good morning, Dawn. It's Tuesday morning. We're a little behind on the old pod. Oh, the other thing we should mention is the letter I. Yes. I don't have a fucking clue what we're doing for the letter I. <laughs> we are talking with somebody about an interview that's I-related, but there's not a lot of eyeball I-related no, kinks. We, we did come up with a couple of good ones that we can choose from. So We came up with a lot of stupid ones, too. We came up with a lot of stupid ones before a couple of good ones popped in. Uh, Barrick recommended we do ice, and I said, okay, give me 20 minutes on ice. And he said, okay, maybe not ice. <laughs> Freeze it, rub it, lick it. Do you ever put Done. it in your? Have you ever put it in your mouth and given somebody head? Have I put ice in my mouth? You know, I feel like I've done that with you. 
I feel like someone has done that with a Frosty with me, but I don't think that was you. Oh, Frosty, huh? Yeah, I don't... And, and, <laughs> I, why do I want to say I think I've done it with Ice with you? Simply because I don't give too many blowjobs, and I feel like I've done Ice with somebody, so... <laughs> it so would facto. probably have to be you, or... On the other hand, I've received many blowjobs and can't recall who put Frosty in their mouth before <laughs> blowing me. Um, I do blowjobs, but it's with condoms, so there's not too many people that I would... I mean, why do Ice with condoms? That's kind of weird, so... I don't think condoms protect against cold. No, but... That's just weird. So, yeah. So my what else have you put in your mouth? What else to have I put jobs? in my mouth? Yeah, like people say they put uh, certs in their mouth. Or what's that other that other mint in the little... Altoids. Altoids. I don't think I've done that because I don't like mints. <laughs> so, I'm still thinking I did something with somebody that had to do with ice and, like, coffee. Uh-huh. So, I think I've done, like, hot before and ice, but... Like I said, I don't remember condoms being involved, so it would have to have been you or the ex-husband. If you did the... um, (laughs) How's that for... (laughs) Yeah, quite the juxtaposition there. If you did the uh, coffee, hot coffee blowjob, I would want that immediately followed with an ice blowjob, I think. (laughs) I don't think I did. As much as I enjoy coffee. my coffee's not that hot. This is not Timmy Horton hot or Starbucks hot. This is... (laughs) So we mentioned recently that we had been at the Gators in Dallas, and we uh, mentioned that we sat with a bunch of people. We so, did. A bunch of lovely people. I love these guys. This is the second time we've spent time with them as a group. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I got to sit next to Butterscotch, who did not have any food on her boobs. She did not, but you I know am, what? What? You know what? Recently, <laughs> I put out there that I have some naughty things on my 101 list. She volunteered if I came to Dallas for one of them. The fisting? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I just out you? <laughs> Were you not planning on I was going that? to slyly say, become someone's meat puppet. <laughs> ah, so, that is very sly of you. Hey, speaking of uh, people that are sly, yeah. uh, I'll be in Chicago next week, and that would be the, week, uh, the first week of April, Monday through Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I will be up there solo, and I'll be up there for work, but I will have my evenings free. So, slyly, slyly, contact you. Yes. For dinner? If there's anything going on in Chicago oh. that week. Matter of fact, I'm supposed to have dinner with some friends of ours from the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. I've, I'd forgotten all about that. I hope they haven't forgotten. Purple but Diva? I'm, I'm not going to mention it to her there. I'm just going to show up on Wednesday, knock on the door, and say, <laughs> what's up? What's for dinner? I forget his pet name, but I think hers is Purple Diva. Yeah, it's funny. I know they're his human name, but right. not his pet name. I think <laughs> I'm sure it's like Kinky Geek 7 or something like that. <laughs> all right. So, Butterscotch. And uh, next to Butterscotch was her handsome... Man, Skynet. Uh, do you remember who was sitting next to Skynet? Yes, I do. Ohio's but... own jewel. Okay, I was going to say, was that her fet name or her real name? So I didn't want to say it. Uh, I don't know. But I was told, she said that the time it takes us to get from one side of Texas <laughs> to the other side. She slammed you on this. We oh. could drive from here to Detroit. Right. Oh, my God. That Texas is that big. What would slam? That's not a slam. No, the slam was when you said something about the trains. And she goes, uh, something like, um, it wasn't like, well, at least we've got trains. Right. It was more like, so how fast does Columbus's trains work for you? Because we don't have trains, so. Yeah, I totally missed it. Was it was a touche. It was a touche. You said touche. I was scrolling out and didn't even notice it. Thanks for bringing it up. Uh, Texasaria. 
or Texas Sarah. I think it's Sarah. <laughs> yes, it is, as a matter of fact. <laughs> who we've eaten steak with, as well as Twisted Cupcake we've had steak with. Mm-hmm. We have not had steak with Lulu, but if I'm picturing this in my head correctly, it's uh, either Lulu or Amara that gave me... Yes? Gator from her po' boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was the one sitting directly across from you. And good old Gustav as well. And there was a Mm -hmm. Shane who had not met before as well. Mm -hmm. So we had quite the table full of people. There's your shout-outs, Dallas. We look forward to coming back. I had somebody write me recently saying how much they enjoyed the Master Hank class Mm -hmm. and the other class that we did. We're getting getting a lot of that. I just got... I really need to write people's names down because I just got another FET mail this morning. Um, someone that friended me from Dallas that said they loved the two classes that mm-hmm. they went to. So, And one of them was Master Hank. So I had to write them back and say, well, we did three classes that we don't usually do. So which two were they? <laughs> so we get some <laughs> feedback. Because we did the Master Hank, the Buddha Master Slave, and then um, Survivors in the Survivors Lifestyle. In the lifestyle. Right. Uh, and all very well received. But uh, if you really enjoyed the classes, then you should be uh, poking your local groups and saying, hey, bring Dan and Dawn. We want to see more classes by them. Um, because it's been a whole two weeks since we've traveled, and I'm getting the travel bug again, obviously. <laughs> and we don't travel again until the 1st of May. It's so funny. We went through this back-to-back-to-back-to-back travel thing, and we got to the point where we were whining like little bitches about, <laughs> oh, and, so was, and now we've been home for a whole two weeks, and I'm like, man, we got to get in our It's time to go. Out. It's time to go. So, But it's, it's because everybody... It's so nice to sit and interact with these people. Mm-hmm. Everyone's so hospitable and friendly, and it's just great to get to meet people like this. So, indeed, indeed. <clears throat> so, um, I do have a um, question, though, based out of the people that we had dinner with um, in Texas. I was actually asked by one of them that missed our survivors class, and they wanted to know if we would do it on the podcast. So that's kind of heavy, heavy material, though the way we treated it, the way we treated it in class, it wasn't heavy at all because we didn't do war stories. Right. We didn't do details. You know, we talked about being a, um, a victim to a survivor, to a thriver sure. and how to do that. So I'm wondering if that would be something that would be podcastable so, or if people would even be interested in it. So if you would be interested in it. Write us and let us know, yeah, or if you absolutely. think it would be too heavy. So, and you can write us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Fuck, what a nice segue. I did a segue. You did, and now you you're did. looking at your notes. Uh, or, uh, <laughs> or you can contact uh, uh, Dan and Dawn or uh, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, tweet us at Dan and Dawn. <laughs> or contact us on FetLife. The group is Erotic Awakening, two words. And if you go to that group, you can write us personally by looking at the owners and getting our FET names. Other ways to contact us, as well as where we will be presenting past podcast episodes, link to the newsletter. And other stuff can be found at eroticawakening.com. Nice. So, Don, the question of the day is, did you enjoy being Kane the other day? Absolutely. Oh, is that the question of the day? Uh, why not? <laughs> well, I have two questions of the day, then. Well, but... our topic will be dealing with children in okay. a short... Or that might be the question of the day. Eh, we can Who flip-flop knows? them. Either way, so... the other night... Uh, so you went out to KJ Kane's. And again, folks, um, I appreciate that they're one of our sponsors. This is not a sponsor-level this is not us just uh, telling you how wonderful they are because they're sponsoring the podcast. Mm-hmm. This is us actually reviewing, not even reviewing the product. We're just going to ex- no. talk about our experience. Right. Later right. in the podcast, we will talk to the uh, uh, K of KJ Canes and talk about how he got started and all that kind of jazz. Mm-hmm. But um, 
For now, do you enjoy being caned? I love being caned. So the idea of uh, having our own new canes is just, it's fabulous. We lost all Where of our old canes. They're right behind me. Oh, okay, so, cool. Um, but um, we had a whole bag full of canes that we'd collected over years. Was that in a guitar case? It was or in a gun, a, case. a gun case. Yes. It was in like a vinyl zip-up gun case. Right. And we had the dressage whip, my purple cane. Mm-hmm. Speaking of kids in... We'll, uh, yes, we'll there's cover a third that segue. Later. We'll come back there. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, we had beautiful canes in, in that bag. And then must have left them behind at a hotel or a party. I don't remember taking that bag to parties. It was usually hotels right. when there was parties um, or uh, weekend events. So it probably slid behind a dresser somewhere and just didn't end up in the car with us. But um, I love being caned. I love the um, having to, to be still mm-hmm. for you because you don't want to move when you got something like that coming towards your ass or, or breast or whatever. So, But I love the impact I love the look on your face when I get to see the look on your face, you know, and things like that. So love the canes. Simple. Although you, you do want to be still, you don't want to be tight. You right. Know, you want oh, your, God, you no. want to be, because as the caning, any other kind of pain, right? You have a tendency to tense up and mm-hmm. you want to make sure you stay relaxed. As a top, canes are such a pleasure to use. Oh, I bet. Be, uh, the, here's where switches have a good... Um, experience before topping with canes because you really get a feel for how little you have to swing to get a good impact it is not a swing as hard as you can experience at least it shouldn't be uh caning can be done with a minimum of energy minimum of um strength behind it and still get a really solid strike really Mm -hmm. solid response it's definitely one of those tools where you start off super light and build up because you don't get the idea of just how much it stings right um and the the diameter of the canes you know speaking of stinging so the diameters the thinner they are usually the stingier they are mm-hmm. and then they go up to um i don't even know how big this is that i'm trying to mimic with my hands here pencil bigger than thicker than a pencil Th- thicker than a pencil um think of like a kindergartner's pencil or maybe oh, yeah, just yeah. a little bit thicker. Okay. And those feel like a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. So, and then the type of material. I mean, we've got the Lexan, the Rattan, the Graphite, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, just the materials and, and, I mean, just the little bits of diameter. They're all so different. Right. But to be wrapped by one of those puppies, that hurts. Mm. So, you know. What do you mean by wrapped? Um, striking the side of the hip by mistake. Okay. So, like, if you hit... I guess if you hit the ass, and I don't know a lot about them because I don't use them, but I'm assuming if you strike the ass too close to the handle, the tip of the cane is going to wrap around the hip. Depending on the so material. Flexible. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Some are more flex- flexible than others. You, uh, one of the things I did this time around that I normally don't do is cane your feet, the soles of you your feet. You did, and I have been against that for a very long time. And, but that's um, because you've had, I think, because you've had problems with your, uh, what's that thing that you broke? And you had to step on a tennis ball to fix it. Oh, that was the spur. heel spurs. Heel spur, right, right, the right. The heel spurs. Well, there's that. So there's the physical part of it. And then one of the first punishment scenes that I ever saw or was a witness to was someone having their feet caned. Oh, yeah. And I remember it was a that. vicious caning. Yes, I yeah. remember that. So, and, um, yeah, so I didn't want to try it. So every time we come across the bastinado card uh-huh. in the, the kink starter deck, which is the, the beating of feet, man, I'm ready to throw it out. But recently, just as, um, I don't remember what we were doing, um, we did something, and you teasingly struck the bottom of my feet. And 
I really don't remember what we were doing, but I had socks on, and I went, oh, oh, that. <laughs> I remember that. That kind of felt good. I'm weird <laughs> because my fetishes. I don't see my fetishes as something that changes. To right. me, it turns you on or it doesn't. And here's one that... Um, definitely has changed. Definitely has changed. Because you tried that the other night, and I think I still had socks on. I seen with socks on. I have cold feet. <laughs> and you caned my feet, and it was hot. It was. Um, I, I, I find for myself, uh, the only challenge I have, the only negative I have towards caning is it is... Um, it turns beyond so much that it quickly leads to fucking. Um, which it did. Which did not necessarily a bad thing, per se, <laughs> unless you wanted to do a long BDSM scene. Um, but that's just a control issue, perhaps. And really, I'm, I'm mocking myself. Anything that leads to fucking is probably not such a bad thing. Um, it's really interesting. To me, a cane, being uh, striking someone with a cane is, reminds me of dropping a pebble or a rock into a body of water mm-hmm. because there's the initial impact, but then there's the, the flow as the impact seems to travel through your body. Oh yeah. Uh, the important thing for me is it's, it's unlike spanking, which you might do in a rapid succession. Mm-hmm. Um, this is more a strike and then let the person digest it right. fully. Oh, absolutely. I highly recommend that. So, but uh, yeah, the full experience, mm-hmm. the strike and then feel the ripples through the body, feel yourself tense up, feel the ripples come back and then feel your body relax waiting yeah. for the next one. For myself, so. it's a very um, warm the body up first, warm the bottom up very much. If you're going to, if you're new, start with just worry about caning bottoms, mm-hmm. cane breast later, don't mm-hmm. cane nipples. Um, I don't know about don't, but it's, it's different. Tap, enough. tap, tap instead yeah. of strike. Back of the legs is okay, but again, very different from the ass. For me, it's okay. Apparently not for you. Uh, <laughs> underneath the breast as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep in mind, anywhere that you cane is very likely to leave a mark. Oh, and absolutely. A, a stunning mark, right? A stunning, a lumpy mark. <laughs> stunning. So that's something to keep in mind if that's important. Um, yeah, if you don't want marks, I don't suggest doing cane, cane strikes. Yeah, cane yeah. tapping, maybe rhythmic caning, but not strikes. So I'm a big fan. I love them. So we will talk more about caning at the end of the show in our interview. If um, uh, if you want canes, go buy them from KJ Canes. Use Dan and Dawn 15 and get a 10% discount off your order. So that's that. That is that. So love the canes. So, uh, Dawn, the topic of the day is the dealing with the children in the power exchange relationship. Or to be more clear, how do you deal with the fact that you have your you, you and I are grown-ups, so mm-hmm. to speak. Right. Uh, we had, so to speak. For quite a while, we had children here at the house living with us. Mm-hmm. Not just random children, perhaps. No, not, not random children. That just wandered they, in they, off the they street. Were, no, they, they were... Our children. Created, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> and that did not prevent us from having both a healthy sex life, a healthy power exchange relationship, and a healthy BDSM life. Now... We'll add in that you and I happened to, at that point, we were also starting our career as presenters and authors and all that jazz as well. Um, That's its own little different thing. We don't need to really go into that too much. We'll just say that every once in a while we would leave on weekends and Mm -hmm. they'd be like, where are you going? And we'd be like, "Uh, oh, do we need some kind of a conference or something? Right, right. A relationship conference or we're teaching or actually with our kids. Um... 
because of a spiritual group I ran and, you know, just the open-mindedness of stuff that they were kind of raised with, they still say I protected them too much, but whatever. Um, I could tell them we were going to sacred sexuality events. Events. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it really clicked for them what that really meant, except that it was important to us. Right. So, you know... For some reason, we were okay with sharing that, even though we didn't share details, but we didn't really share the kink stuff at right. all, you know, that we were participating in that. So that's probably why they think we protected them. So there's, there's one aspect of it, on one side of it, is that we do, every um, consenting person or couple or trio or whatever does things in the bedroom mm-hmm. that does not need to be discussed with the children. Right. Right. Uh, whether you're in a vanilla monogamous relationship or you're in a gay triad, chances mm-hmm. are the the sex is not something that you know is discussed at the dinner table. Right. From a hey, what did you do last night in the bedroom? No. And we view kink the same way. Mm-hmm. We never brought up that. We never had the conversation with the kids about um, mommy likes being caned or any uh, weird uh, crack like that. Right. Yeah. No. But the. F- other aspect of it is that you, as you mentioned, you we've run a variety of groups. Some of the groups met here in our house, and mm-hmm. with the um, with the spiritual group, we had quite the interesting collection of alternative sexuality people. Not because that they were alternative sexual, but just because it was the spiritual group that they were interested in, and they happened to be right. A, one um, teen couple happened to be a lesbian couple. We happened to have another uh, person. Another couple of people that identified as gay or bi. Or poly. Or, the kids we, didn't absolutely. even realize they were being exposed to poly, you know, until I talked to the 23, 24-year-old recently. And he's like, oh, I just didn't get it back then. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's because none of us were in your face. We were all just loving people. Right. And he's like, oh, okay. So you weren't really protecting us. You were exposing us to it without, okay. And I think he gets it now. So. Right. Because it wasn't... Hey, uh, child number one, I want you to meet uh, Phil and Bob. Mm-hmm. They're a gay couple from southeast Texas. They right. arrived here in a 1947 Chevrolet, and they and blah, this is blah, their blah. favorite position, right? Yeah, no, it's, no, it's like this is this is and Phil and Bob would sit there, and sometimes they would hold hands or kiss, or sometimes they wouldn't, right? But it was just them being them. So from that perspective, we were fortunate that our, we allowed, uh, were allowed to introduce the kids to the fact that we were okay not only were we okay with a variety of lifestyles but that it wasn't a it wasn't like we were activists saying you know um make sure you're aware and exposed to these radical ideas because they're okay it's like no it's just life right these are people in our life and hello and it's just like our power exchange relationship i mean the kids knew something was a little different because it was a different sort of relationship than what I had with the ex-husband. Mm-hmm. So, um, but they saw us happy. And it's not like I called you master or even sir in front of them. But there was a respect there. There's so, occasions where you call me sir in front of them. It was by accident. Yes. Usually after they've been gone for a weekend and I was able to, you know, really say it during the weekend while they were gone. And, you know, they would just kind of look at me a little cross-eyed, you know, it's not what they expected. But they didn't really call me out on it either. So, But like you said, it was a, a relationship of respect. Exactly. So, and I actually had a friend ask me one time, 
Um, she was a poly friend and she had known me for years. So I, I can't believe she didn't ask me way before this. But her question was, what do the kids think when they see you chained to the recliner? <laughs> and I was like, chained to the recliner? Well, for one, we don't have a recliner. For two, why would I be chained to something? I got too much work to do. You know, my life is about making your life easier. Me mm -hmm. being chained to a chair does not make your life easier. Because who's doing the dishes and taking care of the kids? Right. And, you know, and running things. So, and even you know, and just at that point, even though the kids have moved out now, and we could do the chain to the chair, yeah. that's just not our not our style, not our thing. Not our style. So, um, the kids have also learned, for the most part, though, that we are odd and we are different. And um, we don't share our personal going-ons, but they know they can ask questions. Mm -hmm. And they know that we're slightly weird because when we go away for a party, though they don't know it's a party, we're just going with friends, we leave with a bag. Right. So they never figured that part out. But they have had clues along the way. When we gave the then 16-year-old the hand-me-down car... So before you segue into that, <laughs> right, the first aspect of how do you deal with children when you're in an alternative relationship, mm -hmm. be it kink, is that you treat them as people and you keep the bedroom in the bedroom. For us, they were under 18. It was, it was not something that I wanted to share with right. them, though they could ask personal questions. It was a really neat sort of balance, and personal the, questions about themselves. And the place we were in as far as polyamory goes, we, mm -hmm. it was not a value or needed for us to say, oh, by the way, we, they were not so young that we would have had the you have two daddy sort of conversation right. at all. Right. Um, it really just does not. It, it was interesting the age that they were and as things were going on. Um, now, it just so happens Karen had similar aged children, and she mm -hmm. did, her and her husband at the time, did have that conversation with their kids about, yes, we're polyamorous, this is what we do. You and I never felt that need to have that conversation. It did not seem to impact either us or the children. Um, so we it had, becomes a... Yeah, we had close people that came over and spent time with us. They didn't spend time in our bedroom while the kids were around. You know, but they spent close time with us. And so you find, your, know them. you find your own path on that. Right. So the other aspect of dealing with children is when things do get found out. Mm -hmm. Because kids find shit out. I found my dad's porn. Oh, yeah. We had our stuff locked up. But you know what? It wasn't the greatest trunk that we had things in. Right. The front of it was locked. I'm betting the back of it could be pried open if they wanted to. And we were well aware of that. Yeah. Um, again, we were not... See, we were not shamed by what right. we were doing. We were simply acting appropriately in our minds. Due diligence. Yes. For, for yeah. So you were going to say, so here's where, when things do start <laughs> so to come things, out. There, there are times that things do, I mean, you can't, uh, things happen. Don't so, be freaked out by yes. it. So for example. For example, we gave the oldest boy the car, thought we had cleaned it completely out. And then we've got friends that are also the kids' friends. So mm -hmm. one day, one of those friends came to us and said, um, not sure if you're aware, but your oldest boy has something that is purple, long, and thin, and he's going around telling people it's a switch. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Well, for one, he's got the verbiage wrong. <laughs> for two, that's my favorite purple cane, which, by the way, has been lost since then. And I want it back. How the hell do I deal with this? So I just did it straightforward. I went up to him. Was he still living? 
He was still he living had... at home because he was 16. Okay. We had just given him a car. So he was still living at home. So I went and knocked on his door. And I'm like, uh, son, I understand you have something that is purple that you found in the car. I actually bought that for a workshop. It's expensive. And I'd like to have it back, please. And he just kind of dropped his face and shuffled into his room and brought it back and presented it to me. And I'm like, so do you have any questions? And he quickly shook his head no and closed his door. So there was a lot of times that if they found little things out, we'd go, okay, so do you have any questions? And they would say yes or no. More often than not, no. More often than not, no. And they are both now in their 20s. And still, it's more often than not, no. And they know way more now that they're out of the house. And the interesting part, and and we have almost the exact same story with the other boy Mm -hmm. who uh, we were moving furniture or whatever. We had a... Um, a spanking bench in the room that we were pretending was a, a quilt rack. Quilt rack. <laughs> and although we were pretending it was a quilt rack, apparently the the other boy said, that's a spanking bench or something that he... He mimicked because he kept asking what it was. And I'm like, well, it could be used for blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. No, mom, what is it? Well, it could be used for blah, blah, blah. No, mom, what is it? I'm like, you know what? I'm not admitting to anything. What do you think it is? And he mimicked spanking. And I'm like, hmm, smart kid. And walked out. So he knew without being put on the spot. We've had him walk by um, the NLA float during the pride parade. And the people on the float did not realize that the boy that was with us was our son. And Flash Dan. So the son had a couple of questions as to what NLA was. And we actually had to be careful with that because the son knew a couple of people on the float, you know, because they were friends with Mm -hmm. you that came over to game. And um, so we had to be careful not to really totally out them. But they were on a float. So, yeah. So I think the the important part to take away from that and see, and I, I... won't say that we handled all those situations Mm-mm. perfectly or even well. In hindsight, it strikes me that the ones that we've handled best are the ones where we, um, either because they've asked a question or because something has come up. And we've told the story before about how the kids discovered about polyamory and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes things just happen that they come across you or a toy or whatever in a position where suddenly it's a topic Right. Out of the blue. Right. Either way, to handle it as a perspective of our best examples of how we've handled it is with by looking them in the eye, not being ashamed or shy, mm-hmm. but by simply being straight up and blunt when someone asks you a question, what is that? Why, you know, what is this thing I found in your car or whatever to say, this is this. Do you need more information? Do you want more information? Right. And letting them make the decision. Because a lot of the times when they said no back then, right. after time has passed, be it days, months, and in some cases years, the questions become, yes, I would like to know more about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had some really interesting conversations with the kids, specifically one of them now that they're out of the house. Right. Because they know that we're, like, one of them met somebody who identified as kinky. Right. And it was nice that they could come to us and say, so-and-so person is kinky. Um, where can I go? Where can I go to be taught? Right. What can I, how can this. I get more information? The the our kids, of course, have specific challenges where we've published a book, our faces on it. We run most of the kink. Much of the we're involved in a lot of the kink stuff here in town. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are really our 
Yeah, I, little... Most of our listeners, I hope, don't have those issues. So, um, what else? Anything else about dealing with kids? I can't. I can't think. I don't think so. Except that, um, like I said, the way we handled it was the way we handled it. We didn't have the floggers out. We didn't have the porn out. We didn't have all of that stuff. We wanted them to um, find out on their own. I mean, I really like the way we handled it. The boy that does have the main questions is coming to us. Mm-hmm. We've kept it open enough that he knows he can ask questions. And the older boy knows he can ask questions because we've always asked him, you know, if you ever have questions, you don't have to hear it from us. We know people yeah. that you can talk to. It doesn't have to be from your mom and, you know, mom and dad. Absolutely. So, whew, thank goodness. And this is also where TNG comes in handy. Mm-hmm. If they really want to go to parties, we can send them to the TNG parties and we don't have to cross yeah. paths. <laughs> the only other thing I would add is that... Um, Make sure that you, when you look in the mirror, you're good with yourself. There's yes. a time where um, we got in an argument with one of the boys, and they pulled our, their limited understanding of our lifestyle out as a as argument fodder, as right. a weapon. Right. And it's really important that when you look in the mirror, you know, when the, if a if one of your children confronts you with, oh, so you're into this kinky weirdo shit, mm-hmm. for you to be okay with the fact that you are into kinky weirdo shit. Yep. And be able to look at them and say, look, I dig. And you know what? At this point, one of the things that I've gotten to, especially with, with the polyamory, but so much with the kink, with everything that we do, if be it our parents or our children look at us with disgust and say, oh, I can't believe you're into that shit, for me to say, I can't believe that you're going to judge your family on this, and for me at least, if you decide to turn your back and walk off, Mm-hmm. Then fuck you. Goodbye. Which includes, to me, both the children and the parents and mm-hmm. other family members, because we have treated them with respect and dignity with any choice that they make. Right. It is not, um, although it could be a painful situation, it is appropriate to expect the same from them. And there's a moment in life where uh, one of the children uh, was not treating you in that way. and. Mm-hmm. They were, no, they were not part of our life for a while right. until they could get over that little hump for themselves. Keep in mind, whenever anybody judges you, be it your children or your parents or somebody you work with or a complete stranger, it's always a reflection of their own problems, not yours. That, I think, was the most important thing when dealing with, we'll say, in, for this episode, children. Wow, that's quite the wow, little rant there. Wow, I like how that went, though. So, okay. Awesome. So there are a variety of BDSM tools out there, and a lot of people are familiar with a lot of them, but one that looks simple but can be pretty effective and may not be as simple as some people think are canes. And fortunately today, we have KJ on the podcast with us of KJ Canes. KJ, how are you doing today? Not too bad. Yourself? Uh, not too shabby. I think we are both uh, We're chatting before the podcast a little bit about the, I think the weather's trying to do us all in. But we're going to make it past that, I think. Um, what actually drew us into making these was a friend of ours used to make them himself. And we used to buy them from him because he was a friend. Five or ten dollars at Folsom East in New York City. We'd go up and we'd buy one or two. And every time he made them, he would coat the handle with electrical tape. Different colors. It looked really pretty. Mm-hmm. But you know how electrical tape can, tape can be. You heat it up, you, you use it a little bit, and all of a sudden the, the oils inside the, the glue are coming off on your hand. Right, right. And so I used to like this guy a lot, and I would buy one, buy one or two every single year, and I would use them on girl. 
and well, by God, started coming off on my hands and on my gloves and on my clothing. And I would curse him every Monday morning as I cleaned my my tools and my implements up. So one day I was between contracts and I was cursing him and girl said, look, you're an engineer, make a better cane. And that's that's really what got us into it. It wasn't a love of caning so much as it was a love of good equipment okay. and want, and wanting to provide that to other people. And we actually started providing it to all of our friends. I mean, literally just giving it away. And about $300, $350 into it, girl turned to me and said, gee whiz, you can't keep doing this. And I said, sure, I can watch. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, she basically said, if I made it into a business, would you allow me to sell these canes? And I said, sure. And it's gone from canes to floggers to, I mean, if you name it, probably sell it. So how much of that do you, do you guys make yourself? I'd say probably about half. I mean, we make leather paddles, obviously, all times of, kinds of canes. We, we have one of the most uh, diverse amounts of uh, and types of canes that there is that you can find on the web. Um, you know, and then, of course, we have other people who make things for us, like some of the leather slappers and things of that nature. Um, and then we we wholesale and buy and resell uh, a lot of uh, floggers and uh, uh, restraint devices, things of that nature. Right. Now. I'm sure a lot of people, matter of fact, and I've certainly done this. Everybody does this, maybe in BDSM land. You go to an event, you see a paddle, you see something, or in your case, you see a cane, and you say to yourself, "Well, heck, that doesn't look that complicated. I could probably make that." Is it? Well, obviously, it's more than just putting electrical tape on a piece of wood, though, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, rattans are an easy thing to make. Um, anybody can make these things, and I do mean that sincerely. Um, you know, it's, it's one of these deals where, uh, what I do, I, I literally in meeting somebody, I'll tell them how I make these things. Um, I've told in detail, probably about two dozen people since I started, we started doing this 12 years ago. Um, I don't mind that somebody wants to copy me. We've got a copier out in the Midwest right now. Um, and that's fine. Uh, you know, but the thing is, is that we've been doing it for a long time and, and we've, we've got it down pat. So I guess my, my spiel here or my my uh, my hook is that we do it very, very well. And uh, we welcome other folks to try and, and we encourage uh, more folks to get out there and, and to compete with us because it basically drives us further into making a, a better quality cane. Okay. Do you find that, I guess that you answered that, that the competition is not a negative thing, that there's the more people out there making their own toys – um, do you find that that drives actually business towards you as people realize that, wow, I thought this was easy to put together, but again, the electrical tape. And when you've been doing something for a while, you've probably learned some things about how to do it. Yeah, there, there's the mechanics of it. There's also the uh, techniques that, that give you the fine quality finishes that you need. Uh, materials as well. Um, there's you know incredible amount of materials that you can use, obviously. Um, as far as folks at home making go, I have a lot of good friends who make their own canes. Right. Um, and the competition, you know, it's like it's the proverbial. Some of the cane makers out there are some of the best friends I've got in, in business. Uh, you know, these folks we see at shows, uh, we talk with. There is literally no point in us uh, having any animosity towards one another because what the heck? I mean, it just doesn't matter. Right. You know? And some of them are real good folks, too. So. Now, you make some interesting designer canes. Where do you, where do you get the uh, inspiration for, like the glow-in-the-dark cane or something like that? Oh, yeah. Well, the glow-in-the-dark cane and then the uh, 
Lumen and Kane are both came from trying to do it. Well, basically having somebody say, wouldn't it be neat if you could have a lightsaber? <laughs> and it's like, well, hell yeah. You know, I mean, who doesn't want a lightsaber? You know, so long story short is, is that uh, the glow in the dark canes, uh, we found the material that would could go inside of uh, Lexan and would allow, allow it to glow in the dark. It's the same sort of material that goes in the stars. Parents buy their kids and put up in their, the overhead. Um, and then, of course, we've got the light up canes. And that is the same stuff that you see underneath cars. If you see a car driving along and it's lit up underneath, that's the same material. Oh, and there's okay. a, yeah, there's a gentleman named Gary who actually helped me to design that. I've been trying to do that for years, and I'm not kidding you. And about eight, ten years ago, I was at a presentation by Jay Wiseman, and Girl was selling stuff, and I was sitting there playing on my computer, and Gary walks in. Gary's out of Atlanta, and he walked in, and he said, have you ever thought about using this material in them? And I went, no, I haven't. And in about ten minutes later, after working on this for about eight years, uh, Gary and I had designed one. Oh, okay. You know, it's just a little bit of know-how. This gentleman is brilliant. He really is. Now, when it comes to canes, you can, you make them out of acrylic and, and Lexan and um, carbon fiber, fiberglass, rubber. Is there a particular that's that you prefer? That you know, if you could only use one kind of cane, what's your favorite? I, I would have to. Uh, there's two different things. Which ones would I rather craft, and which one would I rather play with? Right. Uh, the crafting it easily, I would say the Lexan tube. Uh, and the reason for it is, is because it's, you, you can just do so many things with it. Uh, I'm just incredible. I'm twisting it to molding it, to putting a head on it, to putting handles on it, uh, mm -hmm. filling it with different things. It's great. Um, using a regular cane out there, I would honestly say, huh, either, either Delrin or the Lexan, probably. They both have the same sort of, um, flexibility uh they don't break at all i mean it's very hard to break these things you know i mean you can obviously um but and, and they they have the same uh, i guess the same tensile strength that uh, rattan does relative to how it bends and how it feels in your hand okay great now i and i guess i have to ask this question because of uh well you just have to ask this question right now unfortunately have you looked at your product line at all and said, well, I need something to offer to the Fifty Shades of Grey crowd. Truthfully, no. I, I think I might be putting more Grey Canes out there. <laughs> but, you know, what, what the gentleman in, we actually went and saw that movie here this past weekend. Um, uh -huh. I will not tell you what I thought of it. A uh, girl had read all the books, and she basically came back and said, hey, this is a fantastic, we got to go see this. And we went and we saw it, and I was I was actually looking at his tools, thinking, okay, he's got some good rattan up there, he's got some good uh, wound nylon. Um, he really, really should have uh, Delrin up there at the very least. Uh, but then again, they try to make it as impressive as possible. Uh, you know, rich surroundings, the whole nine yards. Right, right. Uh, you know, so that that wouldn't probably have fit into the the genre of of what they were trying to do in his playroom. Okay. So, but that hasn't driven you to, oh my gosh, I better start, I better start preparing for the people that come out of this, um, this movie wanting to buy toys like they see in the movie. No, actually we do, we've got a fine line of rattan and that, and that, as far as caning goes, that is what he had. Um, okay. you know, he had some very, uh, 30, 36 inch uh, long canes, uh, made out of rattan. And like I said, the spun, the spun nylon, but, uh, 
you know, we, we've actually, we carry that currently. Okay. So, so you, it's out there for them. If they, yeah. If they want it, <laughs> it's there for them. Okay, great. So, um, well, one more question for you, if you don't mind. Nope. Do you perceive this as your primary business and the engineering is kind of the, the sideline? Or for that matter, would you like it to be that way if it's not? I would honestly say that, you know, I do this as a hobby. And it's a large hobby. I mean, we do a lot of business. Mm -hmm. uh, we do business from all over the world and, you know, the United States, too. And Girl Keeps This Business Going. Uh, for me, it's the pleasure of actually making something that, that somebody wants. Uh, we've had people come to us and say, look, I want an elephant on the end of a cane because my master has this fetish surrounding elephants or tigers or wolves or something of that nature. And then finding the right sigil, if you will, and right. attaching that onto a cane in such a way that it will last them for a generation. That, for me, means an awful lot. Uh, you know, being a part of people's lives, having them look at something in pride and say that this belongs to me and KJ made it, that means an awful lot to us. And, and we're, we take a lot of pride in what we do. Okay. All right. Well, KJ, I uh, very much appreciate your time today. And uh, I assume I can see all of these canes at kjcanes.com, as well as a lot of the other gear that you carry as well. All right. Hey, great talking to you guys. You have a fantastic podcast. I've been listening to you since we uh, started working with you, and I can't say enough about you and uh, uh, the folks involved. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you very much. And uh, we will see you online at KJ Canes. Very good. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by the Guilty Pleasure State Show and its educational branch, the Monkey Puzzle Club. <laughs> Join us the third Friday of each month for Fetish Foreplay Friday at Club Princeton in Columbus, Ohio. Classes begin at 8 p.m. with party immediately following. You can also catch the Guilty Pleasure State Show at Porter Pub in Columbus, Ohio. The fourth Friday of every month. The Monkey Puzzle Club meets every Wednesday at 8 p.m. I'm not even going to try to mimic you. <laughs> every Wednesday at 8 p.m. at the room at the Columbus Insight Center. In a world <laughs> where Twitter is king, follow the Monkey Puzzle Club at MonkeyPuzzleOH. In a world where you can find both Guilty Pleasures and the Monkey Puzzle Club, one man will go to FetLife.com for all announcements and discussions. <laughs> I love That's that. That's my... Uh, in a world. Yes. Voice. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Get down. Get down again. <laughs> Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. <laughs>